Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. Welcome, loyal listeners. If you're a first-time listener stopping by, welcome to the party. Glad you made it. That means that when I say tell a damn friend about the Stacking Slabs podcast, somebody out there listening probably told you about this show. So glad to have you. A lot of ground to cover. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I don't even have this on my uh, format for this show because honestly, I wanted to be done talking about it and I don't want to belabor it because I have a lot of fun things to discuss in this episode. I'm going to be talking about the power of showcasing, just hobby showcases on the internet, man, what they can do for you and your collecting and what it can do to connect you with other people who collect like you. So I want to talk about that. I want to spend a majority of my time on that subject, but I I guess I have to hit this Logo Man deal, this Logo Man gimmick. Um, It was all up in our face, and I think, I think potentially underwhelmed on the price uh, of what it went for. I think a lot of people were expecting uh, maybe, you know, this thing would be, you know, a $6 million, $7 million card. Sold for $2.4 million, which, you know what, like at the end of the day, it's a big-time sale, ton of money. Um, but you know what? I'm glad it's done. I'm glad this conversation is over with, and hopefully we can end it right here. And a couple big reasons why. I just don't like it when stuff just gets shoved down my throat over and over and over again. Don't like that. I don't like the way the whole life cycle of this card uh, went right. There's so many gimmicks, so many uh, parades, so many shirtless guys, so many um, Lamborghinis. It went on and on and on and on. And I know that's a segment of the hobby that trying to get new people in, you got to put the shiny object, flash a bunch of stuff. But man, just the whole promotion, the whole thing around this card, I'm just glad it's done. There's just so many more cooler cards than this one. Um, And I I think just I'm tired of the hype. I'm tired of it all. Um, I'm glad to be here. If Whoever bought that card, whichever hip-hop mogul, um, whichever, you know, whale hunter, whoever it is out there, congratulations, because based on the speculation, you got one hell of a deal. So... Um, there are deals to be had right now in the hobby, and you just got to look for them. And even deals can happen when you've got the most publicized card in modern sports card history. So let's be done with the logo, man, the triple logo, man, and let's get on with the damn show. I'm taking a little bit of a vacation. Stacking Slides podcast will continue to be running. You already know that. I am very, very excited to get away. I've been doing the show for so long that I think I've been uh, where I'm going a couple times, maybe two or three times. I'm going up to desolate uh, northern Minnesota. I'm going to spend some time at a lake house and do absolutely nothing but chase a little one around and hang out with um, my wife's family. It's going to be fun. 
A lot of chill time, lake, scene, just a whole lot of nothing. Yes, there is internet, and yes, I will have my phone, so I will likely be spending an additional amount of time perusing what's what's being listed, what's happening, and diving into you know the hobby maybe a little more than normal because I'll have the time, but I'm excited to get a vacation. I think we all are vacation-worthy people, okay? If you're listening to this show, you're grinding, okay? Whether it's in sports cards, whether it's in your professional life with your family, um, hopefully you get a, some time to take a break. I am looking forward to that on the other side of this. And you know what happened this past week that got some, gets me really jacked up? We had the NBA draft, the Indiana Pacers, my squad, picking our guy at number six, Ben Mathurin. I got to say, like, you know, based on research investigation, this kind of was the guy that I was hoping um, would fall to us. I think there's a lot of athleticism. He can score at every level. A lot of explosiveness will fit really nice next to my man Tyrese Halliburton. Next year, Pacers, probably not going to win a ton of games, but that's okay. We are in the rebuild. And I think if you're rebuilding your squad, you want to put something out there that is young and flashy, and the Pacers are doing that. So I am thrilled. I'm excited for that. There was a lot going down, a lot of players, a lot of speculation. But at the end of the day, I think we got the guy um, I wanted. And I put this on Instagram, and I just love the city I live in. I love Indianapolis so much. And whether it's the Colts or the Pacers, it always seems like the rookies that are coming in get this first class, like welcome to Indianapolis onboarding, which is amazing. I saw um, the rookies were at St. Elmo's eating some shrimp cocktail, eating some steaks. They were at the track. Benedict was flying around in a car on the track. I mean, these are kids and they're coming to my city, a place where I've lived my whole life. And they're getting exposure to all of the stuff that makes indie indie, and I just love that so much. So I'm excited for basketball season to begin, especially with this team that's forming in indie, young, hungry, athletic, fun. Um, hopefully you're excited about your team, and you already know everyone's going to be looking towards that prism drop with these rookies in it whenever the hell that happens. I have been diving into a bunch of nerdy NFL content. content. It is the dog days of summer and it's where I still listen to three or four NFL podcasts weekly and everyone's just trying to come up with creative content topics as they wait for kind of training to camp to come in and I've talked about this but I love the athletic football podcast so much Um, it's just such a good show the Robert Mays Nate Tice they're just they're just dudes who just love to dig into nerdy NFL content. So I appreciate that. This past week, uh, this triggered something that I think is relatable to cards, but they did their annual episode on the Hall of Good. And the Hall of Good really is people that are, or players that are not going to make the Hall of Fame, nor would they be on the short list to potentially get into the Hall of Fame. So it's like taking out of all of those names and looking back at the rest and being like, all right, here are the the names and here are the players who are really good and had very productive careers and maybe at a season or two were the best player at their position, um, but probably in all likelihood would not make the Hall of Fame. So they call it the Hall of Good. We're talking about names like Rod Smith in Denver, right? He probably got overshadowed a little bit by 
um, um, Sharp and by um, Terrell Davis. And so Steve McNair is another example. He might be the the greatest Hall of Good candidate ever where, you know, MVP almost won a Super Bowl, maybe didn't play in an era where the statistics were quite there, but definitely is a guy that I look back on as a competitor um, and one hell of a football player. Chris McAllister would be someone else. And I think my measuring stick, and I excuse me if I've said this anymore, but and this is something I heard from somewhere and I've taken it with me, but it's like to think about someone as a Hall of Fame player, there's a lot of different things you can dig into, think about. But one thing specifically that stands out to me is to be in the Hall of Fame, you really need to be one of the best players at your position for a three to five year stretch. And so to me, that's like top three in the league. So that you're talking about consistency, being consistently being an all pro. Um, Super Bowl certainly helps. Stats, longevity certainly help. But to me, I thought about the Hall of Good and how many players that probably are in the Hall of Good that will that I love that'll never. Andrew Luck is probably a really good Hall of Good candidate. Where obviously he cut his career short, um, but he's a player I collect. He'll never make the Hall of Fame but I collect him and it's fun because his prices are nice and he has so many good memories. He's given me so many good memories. So I I thought about this in just relation to the football card market. And to me, like if you look at the NBA potentially hall of good guys, like names that come to my mind are like Sean Kemp, um, Tim Hardaway, um, Glenn Rice. You know, these guys paint very fond memories in a lot of our minds, but their nice stuff like is still pretty pricey. But I think on the contrary, if you if you look at their kind of Hall of Good type players in football, I think you can still get a lot of deals on those cards. So that's something that I'm thinking about, I guess, as I'm twiddling my thumbs waiting for NFL season to start. But man, the Hall of Good, I'd love to hear who's in your Hall of Good. Who would not be on that eligibility short list to potentially get in the Hall of Fame, who's going to be cut short there, and who's on the other side of that. That Listen to that episode that they put out. It's chocked full of just so much nostalgia and guys that like, you know, maybe when you were growing up, you bought, bought their jersey because they were so good at the time, but maybe just didn't have the career to make it to the Hall of Fame. Another thing that I've been talking about or thinking about, excuse me, is before we get into the topic of the power of hobby showcasing is a lot of the times, I think about what I do on the professional side and then translate it back into work. So I was writing something for work this week and I do a lot of writing for my job. I am um, you know, working on messaging, positioning. I do a podcast for work. I write articles. I write our newsletter. It, there's just, I'm a writer. I'm a content creator. I'm doing it 24 freaking seven. And I was writing about content marketing and how content marketing has evolved in B2B. And now it's not just necessarily about creating something and hitting publish and hoping hoping Google finds you and that's how you get new customers. It's really about a bunch of different factors. And so I got into this like analogy around the content marketer today being similar to the five tool, a five tool player in baseball. And so I was drawing comparisons. And after I got done with it, I was like, you know what? Like, I really like this. And I think the people that are going to receive this are going to appreciate this, especially 
um, because it maybe like puts thing. I don't know. People always like it when you compare things from from a sports perspective. It's very relatable. Um, so, I, but I was thinking about like hobbyists. Like we are in the hobby, and what may if we are a five tool hobbyist? What are those f- five traits? And I think I don't know. There's probably a lot, but the, here are the traits that I think make up for somebody a really good hobby participant. And as I got done with this exercise, I thought, you know what? Like these are traits that I'm going to look at from my own personal perspective. Um, because if I am working these five, um, tools, then I'm probably having a pretty good, pretty successful hobby experience. So I think it's one, it's like one of the tools would be exploration, just having in general curiosity, wanting to dig in, understand, learn, um, whether it's digging into pop reports, it's researching on tools like card ladder, um, it is investigating, talking to friends, just being overall curious. I think having curiosity and exploring that curiosity really brings some opportunities to the surface that wouldn't be there unless you were, if you were just like sitting there waiting for eBay auctions to pop and hitting buy it now without even thinking twice about it. I think collecting is certainly a tool. Having the um, collector's mindset and buying things because you appreciate them and because you 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 hold it. I always like to think about things from the lens of like if I sell stuff and I'm making sales and I get money back, it's going to go back to my collecting. Literally, like every dollar of disposable income that I have, I'm spending on sports cards because it makes me happy and because it's an escape. So. Being a collector, certainly a, an important tool. And it's building out the collection. It's building out and curating it. I'm telling you, like the more I've spent time on being intentional with the way I design my PC, the more fun and satisfying it is. I love it. Selling. I think this is important. Knowing when to get out of cards. That is an important tool. If you have a card in your PC that you're not married to, but you can take a profit on it, I think it's important to get out of it because there's always something bigger and better that you can get into. I know a lot of us listening to the show, selling might not be our strong suit, but I think you have to have some salesmanship in order to eventually hit the levels and get to the cards that you want to. I think buying, having an eye for opportunity, having an eye that checks the box on this is something I appreciate. This is now is a good time. I think being a good buyer and not overpaying, and also knowing when to walk away is a really good one. And finally, I think the ability to connect is a tool. Just the management of relationships that we have in the hobby, not treating things as transactional, but treating things as a long game, building and nurturing these relationships in person at shows and online in the freaking DMs. Five-tool hobbyists, I think we're all trying to aspire to be them. How is it working from you? For you, I'd love feedback on that. I'd love to think about maybe is there another tool or two that I left out? Would love to hear that. Hit me up at Stacking Slabs across all social channels. If you're not already, hit the damn follow button. And while you're at it, subscribe to the podcast. Follow whatever they're making you do these days. Remember, tell a damn friend about the show. Let's go. Okay, so jumping into the topic, the power of hobby showcasing. So let's take a step all the way back. So this past week and then a couple weeks before that, um, we, I was a part of two hobby showcases, both around Peyton Manning cards. The first one was shiny inserts, shiny cards and inserts. The 
one that happened this past week was rookies, patches, and autos. Okay, so I saw so many, and this this was organized by Kevin Randall to Captain 37. Shout out the captain. I saw so many amazing Manning cards last night, or this past week, and I learned about some cards that I never knew about, and I felt an amazing energy from the Peyton Manning collecting community. I'd love to see more of these across different players, products, eras, or sets, because it's really damn fun to not only see the cards, but see the passion in individuals, see the energy, see them bursting at the seams. It's like someone who's just been silent and waiting so long to just tell everyone, damn it, like this is why I collect this player and this is why I love him so much. That is so much fun. I think there's probably no better way to shrink the hobby scene down than to be a part of a showcase or something similar. So let's let's def- define this here real quick. So like, what is a hobby showcase? It is an event organized by an individual to highlight specific cards within a PC. It's an opportunity to get a group of like-minded collectors together to share stories around a theme. These have been done that I've been a part of on Instagram Live, but they can really be done anywhere in any format. Our, you got to have a host. Make sure you have a host. So Kevin Randall, the Captain 37, has been our host. He's been, prior to Manning Showcases this year, there was an original Manning Showcase. And after the original Manning Showcase was when I reached out to Kevin. I said, man, like, there are some bangers in there. Uh, There's some people in this group that I don't know. Like, what do you think about us starting a group chat? And so we started that group chat and really have been chatting about Peyton Manning cards ever since this next round of showcases. And it's amazing. It's a great way to kind of get a pulse on the Manning market, learn from other passionate collectors. It's good stuff. So you got to have a host. I want to shout out my man Rodman PC because I saw him facilitating a hobby showcase this past, this weekend. Um, he had a couple collectors on and they uh, shout out Mission Street Cards, I know was one of them, um, who was a former guest of the Stacking Slabs podcast. And I'm going to look up, I'm pulling up my Instagram right now. Leo Messi collection, who I just followed, um, was the other one. So Rodman facilitated a smaller showcase around Messi collectors. And I got to be honest with you all. I don't collect Messi. I know I watch some soccer, very casual. Obviously, I know Messi is goat-like. But I sat there and watched the recording and just, it was amazing to listen to them all talk about why they collect Messi and show off their just incredible cards. So having a host, building a showcase around passion, formats, shiny insert, talked about that rookie patches. When I, to me, when I was preparing for these, it really, it's a, Kevin does it tie. Who are your, what are your top 10 in those segments? So it really gives you an opportunity to not, you put all your cards out in front of you, like but before the showcase and you're just like connecting, reconnecting with your cards and you're like trying to stack rank them and it's not easy but it's just really fun. It's really fun to like think about why you bought certain cards and it actually makes them more significant than they were before you went through the process. And I think this has helped me reconnect deeply with some cards that I hadn't posted about anymore uh, or in a long time. I think there's also like this marketing component to it. I And I got to say this because I'm a marketer. It, this isn't the reason to do showcases, but I think indirectly it produces, you know, 
organic interest around certain players, right? So like Messi, I watched a showcase of Messi. I don't collect soccer cards, but I was digging into data and trying to figure out the Messi market just because I watched a couple of passionate collectors talk about their cards. And I think that's really cool. I'd love to see more of these. I think this is the type of hobby content that we all need. It can literally be around anything. You just need a group of people that give a shit about their cards and want to talk about them. Um, And you need organizers and collectors to help promote it. Are you doing one? You should do one. If you are, let me know. I will help promote it. I'll push it out. And I will sit there and watch it because I think it is what we need in the hobby. I love showcases. Um, I I got a PSA sub back. Yes, sir. This past week, a lot of wrestling cards. I posted some of the stuff. Um, I gemmed, which I know Panini's had a little QA issues, but I gemmed a Riddle Gold Prism PSA 10. Um, I, I a lot of shiny stuff. Um, I double dipped on, got some rock undisputed PSA 10s. I'm doing pretty well on these. And I actually, I'll be dripping some of these cards out on my Instagram account. So if you want to see those, check those out. I also had time to myself on Saturday. I was a home alone, Kevin McAllister style. And instead of jumping on the bed and eating popcorn, eating rubbish, watching rubbish and eating junk food, I decided to organize and get a couple PSA subs together. That's a process doing it yourself, but I love it. I love getting my hands on my cards, submitting, actually making the pile and looking at them and saying, you know what, this one's not ready. This one shouldn't be subbed in. So I did that and that was a lot of fun. Also too, I put this out there, but it was just fun like putting a group of cards together that I and I just got the Matt Ryan 2012 Gold Finest uh, Refractor, but putting my Rivers and my Ryan and my Luck and my Manning together and taking a picture and Um, having that continuity across those players that I collect in that product. I just love it. It's so much fun. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Chrissy Buckets. Got a lot of good feedback on that. I loved, in reflection to that conversation, I really loved just the conversation around aesthetics and talking about just the look and feel of cards. I want to do, I want to talk more about that. And I think it's that's why we buy cards. It's a big, compelling reason, but it se- doesn't seem like it gets enough airtime. So I'm really glad Mr. Buckets was able to share his perspective and it got my wheel spinning. And I want to have more of those conversations. And if you're excited about showcases and you're excited about the national and other topics, I'm bringing my reoccurring guest back. Yes, he just hosted me and now I'm re-hosting him. I always get good feedback when he comes on the show, um, but I am bringing back my man, Kevin Randall, the Captain 37, this Friday. So you're going to want to tune in, listen to that episode. He's going to be set up at the National. He is grinding away, getting ready for that. So I want to bring him on. Since I will not be there, share some perspective. He is a veteran OG in the hobby. If you've not listen to his episodes on SSP. Go back and check those out. Always good football conversation. Always a lot to bite off when he comes on. And I want to close it out with this. I can't go to the National. It sucks. It's just what it is. But you know what? It's okay. And so what I want to do here in closing is talk about, hey, I'm not the only one. There's other people out there who can't go to the National. So I think there. here is what I want to say. 
I think there's about to be a ton of momentum and content around the national. And that's really good, especially in a time where our market's a little bit down. It's good to see this revitalization and some excitement that's going to be injected into a hobby with people that are all getting together. And I will say this, and I think it's maybe it's because it's like we're been out at shows, but it seems like there's been more people in the hobby out at shows than this now than ever before. So people are getting warmed up. I think this is going to be the start and it's only going to get It's only going to get more exciting. I think I love how everyone rallies around the national and this experience. And I think it's great for the hobby. Um, I think on the other side of this, a lot of us are going to be sitting there watching from our phones, um, whether we have, um, family obligations, professional obligations, it's too expensive, combination of them all. And there's going to be FOMO. And I think there's always ways if there's FOMO to combat it. I think a couple things that are on my mind is find an alternative. If you can't make it to the national or it's a pain in the ass to get to, find another opportunity to go to a show, someone with a buddy that you have on the internet somewhere, meet somewhere, go build have your own national experience. It might not be as big and robust, but you can still have fun and still accomplish similar things than you could if you were going out to Atlantic City. I think connect with friends that are going to the show and see if they can keep an eye out for you. Yeah, you can't be there, but you might have a buddy there and you, your buddy might know what you want or you can tell them what you want and they can keep your eyes open. You can do you know, quick pay them and get the deal done and still get the cards you want. And I know most people say it's not about the cards. It's about the experience and meeting with other people. And that's so true. But if you can't go, there's still an advantage and use some feet on the ground to your advantage and use those relationships to those advantage. Remember, connecting and relationship building was one of the five tools of being a hobbyist. Use that to your advantage. I think book plans for next year right now. Okay. If you're really feeling the heat and you're pissed off that you can't go book plans for next year make block it out on your calendar tell everyone you're going say nothing's getting in the way but just make it happen right now and finally buy a card now that would be on your want list if you were going at the show double down on the extra effort to go hunting for that card go do it it's time to celebrate it's time to revive the hobby and even if you are revive Put more lifeblood, inject some more energy, and even if you can't be there, go buy a card that's going to make you happy and make you feel. If you were coming back from the show and you had that card in your hand, you would be excited. Thank you so much for supporting Stacking Slabs. I appreciate all the people sharing out stuff, following, telling their friends that they're enjoying the show. You make this all worth it. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Of course, I'll be back. I'm on vacation, but I'm going to keep this running. Tag and Slabs podcast. Let's go.